0: and what an opportunity we have uh, as a church family, as a school, to help raise our kids to know and follow Jesus. And so we do that through the school and, and obviously here at church as well. Um, Friday night, I got to be in the uh, Faith Christian School Christmas program. Who else was there? Yep, A few of us. Uh, good times. The first graders through the sixth graders uh, did like kind of a mini musical, sang songs. There was some drama. They did a great job. Uh, Prior to them, the preschoolers, though, always managed to steal the show. Have you seen that? The preschoolers sang a song, the preschoolers and kindergartners, and then they were also um, the stars of a video uh, where our preschoolers and kindergarten students retold the story of that first Noel, that first Christmas. Uh, And it was the story of that first Christmas in their own words, uh, comical, I won't even try to do it justice, but they get to the part where they're talking about what we've talked about this morning, the presence of all the angels and the, and the shepherds and imagining the animals that were perhaps gathered around uh, the manger. And so the kids were asked what this is all about, what's the occasion, what's, uh, you know, why is this happening? And, I, and that, the phrase that jumped out at me, I just got such a kick out of it was, we're having a baby party. This is a baby party. This is why everybody's gathered is we're, we're throwing a baby party. And I love that. And, and it reminds me too of, um, of, of anybody's seen the movie Star? Star, yes? Or well, my kids have seen Star a couple times lately. Star is an animated retelling again of the, of the Christmas story. And uh, there's some characters that, that spend most of the movie kind of going back and forth arguing about what's, what's about to happen, this special occasion that's about to happen. Is it a birthday party or a baby shower? And, they, and they're going back and forth. But it really ends up kind of being both, isn't it? The birth of Jesus is a, is a birthday party and a baby shower, a baby party. That's what the preschoolers called it. Um, so that's what we get to do around here all December, church family. This is something worth celebrating and a joyful event that we don't want to restrict to one or two days. But at Faith Church, we've spread out to take over the whole month of December because this is is, um, the Advent season, the preparation for that first coming and remembering that first coming, that first Advent of Jesus 2,000 years ago. Um, and so that's what we're doing around here is we're throwing a baby party. And, and right now in December, um, our teaching series is called God With Us because we, are, we wanna remember this truth that our great and mighty God came to be with us, that the birth of this baby is Emmanuel, God with us. So uh, this morning, I wanna invite you to the party, okay? And we're gonna invite, invite you to the party in a couple of different ways. I wanna invite us... to to that first party 2,000 years ago, the the coming of Jesus. And I want us to think through the the details surrounding that. And then I also want to invite us to continue to celebrate this month, today, next Sunday, Christmas Eve. I want to invite us into that. And so I'm going to go back to my school days here, and I'm going to use the five W's to invite you. Anybody remember the five W's? What are they? Who, what, where, when, why, and then, and then what? And then somebody decided they were gonna put in a non-W, and sometimes the writers, you know, writers are encouraged to respond to how, yeah, as well. So we're gonna use those, and these are gonna just help us review a little bit where we have been in this teaching series in December, and, and, then, and then our emphasis for today. So if we ask the first one of those Ws, who, I'm pretty sure you guys can handle this one. When we think about that first Christmas, when we think about the baby in the manger, who? (laughs) Good. A little bit of hesitation, worried it was a trick question. Nope, this is church. If I ask you who, there's a good chance you'll be fine with Jesus, right? Yes. The baby in the manger, Jesus. Yes. And what else did we learn about the baby and about Jesus? Well, we've been looking at this verse uh, the last few weeks, and it's on the screen now from the Gospel of Matthew, the story of Jesus' life. And and years before the birth of Jesus, years before the prophet Isaiah foretold, prophesied of this birth. And here's what Isaiah um, foretold. Behold the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. Now, uh, sorry. Pause there for a moment. Uh, this occurred to me recently. Just wanted to think it through. Uh, is this a faux pas on the prophet Isaiah's part? Because what if Mary and Joseph had, wanna throw, had wanted to throw a gender reveal party? <laughs> he just—he just ruined the punchline. He just told them it would be a boy. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall call his name, Emmanuel. Here's your chance, church family, which means? God with us. God with us. God himself, this this baby, this arrival, this advent, this coming is none other than God himself. Jesus, the son of God, the second person of the Trinity, come to live among us. So there's the who. Where? Bethlehem. When? 2,000 plus years ago. How are we doing on our Ws? So far, so good? Okay, the next one's what? Baby in the manger, Bethlehem, 2,000 years ago. What's that all about? What's the deal with the fact that we're still celebrating? What's the deal uh, with th- this, this historical event? Two weeks ago, as we started the series, we looked at John chapter one, and it'll be on the screen. And the word became flesh, and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So two weeks ago, as we started this series, we reminded ourselves of the simple truth that I think we need to start with and remind ourselves of, that Jesus' birth, Jesus' advent, equals the arrival of God, the arrival of God himself, the word, the, the, the eternal word of God. The advent we celebrate was the coming of God. The baby in the manger, God. The baby, yes, the same one who would grow to, as, as Jesus to live and die and be raised again. We call him Emmanuel because Emmanuel means? God with us. And here's where we stray from the five W's. We've done uh, who, where, when, what. We're gonna stray from the five W's and consider the how. How did God come to be among us? When, when, God set apart his, when, when God set his uh, rescue plan into action and, and s- decided to send his son to save, to rescue us from sin and death, how did he become Emmanuel, God with us, God incarnate, God taking on flesh? We talked about the how last Sunday when we covered this miraculous event, this miraculous situation that we've come to call the virgin birth. And so this is the how. How did God become a man? How did God bring about his, uh, his rescue plan of becoming God with us? The virgin birth made it possible to bring together these seemingly uh, completely different things. Deity being fully God and, and fully human, fully a, 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 a man. And The virgin birth brought about this possibility of the uniting of deity and humanity, and that's what we talked about last Sunday, that Jesus is the God-man, fully God and fully human. And a, and a scholar uh, and pastor named Wayne Grudem wrote this, God, in his wisdom, ordained a combination of human and divine influence in the birth of Christ. So, so in bringing about his rescue plan, in sending his son to be a savior, God in his wisdom ordained a combination of human and divine influence in the birth of Christ so that we would know that Jesus is fully human from which part which part of the virgin birth that he was born uh, that he experienced a, a normal child uh, a, a normal birth human birth to a human mother Mary, fully human, right? And then what part of the virgin birth brings about his identity as fully God? The miraculous conception in Mary's, in Mary's womb by the Holy Spirit. God himself by the Holy Spirit's power overshadowing Mary and bringing about this baby, fully God and fully man. And so this morning, we wanna look then at the last of the Ws. We wanna get to the why. Why? Why? Why a baby, Bethlehem, 2,000 years ago? God taking on flesh through the virgin birth. Why does God's rescue plan involve taking on and, and uniting deity with humanity? Why does Jesus need to be human in order to be our rescuer? Because God, mighty on high, with everything at his disposal, able to do anything he wants, setting about to rescue us from sin and death, could have done that in a variety of ways, and he decided to send his son to become Emmanuel, God with us. And so this morning we wanna consider real briefly, why? Why is there a baby party? Why, why this first Christmas, the arrival of God in the flesh to, to, to bring joy uh, into the world? First of all, we wanna look at this, to be our mediator. God's rescue plan involved becoming a man, Jesus becoming part of humanity, because we need a mediator. Why do we need a mediator? Because as human beings, Uh, who are sinful ever since the first humans adam and eve went against god ate the forbidden fruit fell into sin ever since then all of us all human beings have been born sinful and we choose to go against god and we fall short of his ways and we can't match up on our own strength there's nothing that we can do to earn our salvation to earn his love we need a rescuer And in this case, we need a mediator. And what does the word mediator kind of tell us? We need someone between us and God, right? And mediator has kind of a two-way purpose. We need a mediator. We need someone who will represent our great and mighty God to us. And then the flip side is true. We need someone that represents us, human, before a holy and mighty God. We need a mediator. And there's only one man who has ever fulfilled the requirements of being the perfect mediator between God and man, the man, Jesus Christ. So we look, look on the screen at 2 Timothy 2.5. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. We started our series emphasizing that the baby in the manger is God Himself. And this verse reminds us that we need a mediator who is the man, Christ Jesus. Again, Jesus, fully God and fully man, the only perfect mediator, the only one who can represent God to us and represent us as human before God. Why the incarnation? Why a baby party? Why God taking on the flesh? To sympathize with us as well, to sympathize with us. Look at the screen at Hebrews 4. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize. We do not have a rescuer who doesn't get it. We don't have a rescuer who, who, who just stayed far away, mighty God on high. I don't really know what they go through down on earth. It's, it must be tough down there, but I don't know. No, we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. We have one who in every respect has been tempted as we are and yet was without sin. We have a rescuer who who has experienced what you are experiencing, who who has gone through what you go through. If Jesus had not been a man, if God's rescue plan had not involved becoming God with us, Emmanuel, if Jesus had not been a man, he would not know what, by experience what we go through. You we catch that? God knows all. God, God could know what you go through, but he became Emmanuel, God with us, and, and because Jesus is a man, he knows by experience what you go through and can sympathize with our weaknesses. He knows what we go through because he has as well. And look at the very next verse. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in the time of need. Emmanuel, God with us, has very practical and very helpful implications for us. Because God has come near to us, because we have a God who... Understands and who has experienced what we experience, then we can go to the throne of grace. We can come before him and find mercy and grace in our time of need. Deity entering into humanity, God becoming man also allows uh, Jesus to represent us and obey where we could not obey. Look at this scripture in Romans 5. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. What's the one act of trespass? We talked about it already. This one act of trespass, the first man, the first Adam, his sin led to condemnation. His trespass against God's uh, wishes, his rebellion against God's rules, led to condemnation. Where the first Adam failed, though, Jesus didn't. Where the first human man failed and fell short, and ever since then, all of us do too, Jesus entered into humanity and came through. And was, was, lived a life without sin. Because the next verse tells us, for as by the one man's disobedience, for as by the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, by the one man's obedience, the new Adam, the second Adam, Jesus is sometimes referred to, by one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. Because of one man's trespass, we are condemned to sin, but in Christ, one man's obedience, here, his entering into humanity allows him to represent us and to obey where we cannot. Uh, Jesus is the last Adam, and he had to be a man in order to represent us, in order to obey in our place, in order to fulfill God's laws in, in a way that we are incapable of. Jesus had to be a man to live the life that we cannot. And then And then Jesus willingly died the death that we deserve. Another reason why God's rescue plan had to involve becoming a man is because only a man could die in our place. Jesus is our substitute sacrifice. Not only did he live the life that we cannot live, lived a life without sin, but then he willingly died the death that we deserve, becoming the substitute sacrifice, taking our place, taking the punishment we deserve, paying the penalty for our sin. Look on the screen at Hebrews 2. Therefore, Jesus had to be made like his brothers. There's him coming into humanity, being like us in our humanity. Therefore, Jesus had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Propitiation is this idea of of our salvation being rescued from God's wrath. Propitiation is the substitute sacrifice that Jesus made on our behalf. Propitiation turns away God's wrath and instead brings about God's favor. Our rebellion, our sin, our going against God, our falling short is deserving of, of punishment. It alienates us from God. Our sin alienates us from God. Um, but this propitiation, Jesus offers himself willingly a substitute sacrifice to pay the penalty for our sin, to die the death that we deserved and this turns God's wrath away from us, away from our sin. Jesus takes it upon himself, dies on the cross so that we might live and instead we experience God's favor, God's grace, God's love demonstrated to us in that while we were still sinners, Jesus died for us. If Jesus was not a man, if God's rescue plan was not to send his son to take on the flesh and become fully God and fully man, if Jesus was not a man, he would not have been able to die in our place and pay the penalty for our sin. Is it good news he came to be a man? So why, why again, we're we're thinking through this. Why did his rescue plan include becoming a man? Also to be our example, our pattern for living. Jesus came to live among us. He, He dwelt among us. He experienced what we experienced and therefore was able to show us the way to live. He was able to be our ultimate example and our pattern for what it looks like to live as followers of Jesus in this world, in in life as a human being on earth. Jesus is our example, our pattern. It says in 1 John, whoever says he abides in Jesus, whoever says they are a follower of Jesus ought to walk in the same way in which Jesus walked, ought to live in the same way in which Jesus lived. So in in his humanity, Jesus showed us how to live. And, And the Bible tells us that, that, that we are being changed into the likeness of Jesus, that as followers of Jesus, one of the things that's happening is we are being changed into the image of Jesus. We are being made more and more like him. Sanctification is a fancy word that means that we are becoming like Jesus as we follow Jesus. And the Bible tells us that we are being changed and transformed and made new from the inside out. And so not only, uh, and not only that, but the Bible then teaches that when Jesus appears... When he comes again, we shall be like him. So here we are in Christmas time, celebrating Advent, preparing to celebrate that first Advent, that first coming of Jesus. And yet we also look forward to his second coming. And when we look Jesus in the eyes, the Bible says we will be like him. And so not only do we have hope in the now, hope that God is making us new and helping us to live for him, but we have hope to be made fully like him and live forever with him. That is, is what brings us joy at Christmas time. We have this hope for the future and hope for now as we follow Jesus. And speaking of that second advent, that second coming when Jesus comes again, the last thing I want to mention about God's rescue plan, about the significance of, of including in his plan taking on the flesh, becoming a man, is that Jesus taking on flesh gives us a glimpse of our future. Jesus having a human body gives us a glimpse of what the future holds for us. Look on the screen at Colossians. Colossians 1 says, Jesus is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. That's the phrase that's interesting that we wanna look at here. He is the firstborn from the dead, that in everything Jesus might be preeminent. In, in having a physical body, in God taking on the flesh, in God becoming Jesus, the God-man, fully God and fully man, in, in, in taking on humanity, in having a physical body, Jesus identified with us in that way as well, lived the life that we could live without sin, died the death that we deserve, and was raised again to new life, and and Jesus' physical body was resurrected, and after he rose, he appeared to his followers, and they touched him, and Jesus could eat and our life with Jesus in the future is is not simply spiritual eternal life, but But Jesus is the firstborn from the dead. His resurrection from the dead in a physical body gives us a glimpse of our future as followers of Jesus being raised. And these bodies that right now we have on earth that are are aging and decaying slowly will like Jesus after his resurrection be perfected and glorified and we will have life with him forever. So, So we now have these physical bodies like the first Adam but Jesus, the firstborn from the dead, shows us that we will have a body like Jesus, imperishable, eternal. Hope now and hope for the future. The gospel that we, that we hear in our, from our Bibles, that we proclaim every Sunday as we gather together, the gospel is the good news that God Rescues sinners through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. But you know what caught my attention this week? You ever have a song catch your attention and then a certain part just play in your head over and over? There's a new song that I heard on the radio by Mercy Me where the, the, the couple of lines that have stuck in my head are, it's not good news, it's the best news ever. Do you need that reminder sometimes too? I think I need that reminder. I just told you that the gospel is the good news that God rescues sinners. Yeah. I just said a, few, a minute ago that the gospel that we proclaim, that the Bible teaches, is that God, holy and perfect, rescues dreadful sinners, rebellious people that fall short like you and me, and we all went. But you know what, I don't blame you because have you ever heard this phrase before? The good news of the gospel is that God rescues sinners through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Have you ever heard that somewhere? I say it every week, and I don't mind, and I'm gonna keep saying it. And then sometimes you and me both are gonna need this reminder, aren't we? That it's not just good news, it's the best news ever. And so I'm gonna keep saying it every week, and you can yawn if you want and it can be memorized if you want, because that's what I'm going for. The gospel is the good news that God rescues sinners through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. It's not good news. It's the best news ever, and that's why at Faith Church, we throw a baby party every year. That's why we do this once a year, and that's why we take the whole stinking month to do it, because it's an awesome baby party. And it brings about joy and it has historical significance and it has life and death significance. It's not good news, it's the best news ever. And so I said this morning that we were going about this and we were reminding ourselves of some of these truths and we were doing so uh, like an invitation. And I used the five W's to invite you to that first Christmas, to invite you to continue celebrating with us in the next few weeks. And so along the lines of having an invitation on the chair next to you, there should be an invitation as well. And that's to remind you to keep gathering together to celebrate Christmas together. We'll be here next Sunday at 9 a.m. and 1045, and we'll be gathering in here on Christmas Eve at 4 p.m. as well. So the invite on your seat is to remind you to be here, to celebrate this baby party together, and you could also use that invite to hand it to someone, uh, a friend or a neighbor or a coworker or a family member who you would love to invite to come and join us and, and, have, and have be part of this baby party, okay? So we're gonna do that. We're gonna continue to do that next Sunday and then on Christmas Eve. And then... Uh, Just just something I wanna quickly mention, because this is a a really cool opportunity we have in our church family that I want you to be aware of. There's information in your bulletin as well, but let me just highlight it. If you wanna come to the baby party in the next couple Sundays, and you wanna bring a gift to the baby party, we wanna give you a a special opportunity. Um, The next two Sundays, we're gonna receive what we would call a special offering, where we're just gonna give you a year-end giving opportunity, above and beyond what you already generously and cheerfully give to support the ministry of Faith Church we're thankful for, and then just want to give you an opportunity the next two Sundays, we'll also collect a special offering. And here's what we want to do with that. We want the special offering that, uh, that you give of your finances. We want that to go to three areas. We want it to benefit uh, some within our church and within our community, and then we want some of it to be a blessing to, the, to people across the globe. So if you give to the special offering on the next couple of Sundays, uh, it's gonna do this. It's gonna replenish our camp scholarship fund, which enables our own faith church students to go to camp in the summer, uh, a little cheaper. And then it's gonna also replenish our, uh, what we call our discipleship fund or our benevolent fund. When people in our church family or in our community are hurting or encounter tough times or um, fall short on a, on a mortgage payment or face a sudden illness or, Uh, Various things, various more examples I could give you. We want to be a family that can respond generously and serve those that have needs that come to us, and and in the name of Jesus, show God's love to them uh, by helping them out in some small way. So that's what that fund is for. And then we're also going to create a missions fund that will uh, allow us to react. spontaneously and promptly when we have opportunities to support uh, individuals or groups that are gonna take the good news of Jesus uh, across the globe. So uh, look forward to that opportunity. Plan for that if you want. That's a great way to bring a gift to the baby party, if you will. Uh, Let's look at this verse now one more time here as we close. um, We'll put up on the screen 2 Timothy 2.5 and let me invite you to read it aloud with me. Read it with me if you would. For there is one God... And there is one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus, the God-man, fully God, fully human, our rescuer, our savior, come to be with us, to know us and to show us the way. That's not just good news. It's the best news ever. And that's why we throw a baby party around here. And that's why we're going to keep doing it. And that's why we're going to keep doing it every year. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity this morning to, to throw a baby party, to think back to that first Christmas and to marvel. God, would you, would you help us to, to look in awe upon that first Christmas and, and the glory of angels and the gathering of shepherds and the, and the faith of Mary and Joseph God, we we look upon that, your first coming, you're sending your son to be with us, and we thank you. Help us in in these coming days as we look forward to Christmas Eve and Christmas Day to, to lift our eyes, to focus our lives on you. We thank you, God, that you sent your son to be Emmanuel, God with us. And as your word says, unto us this day is born a savior, Help us to remember that this baby is God with us, that you sent a savior because we need rescue. So God, we thank you for your love demonstrated to us in sending your son so that we might live. We thank you that Jesus is the perfect and only mediator, the one who represents God to us and represents us before God. God, would you help us to quit trying to make it on our own, to quit trying to earn your love or to strive or to match up or to merit with our lives something that would be worthwhile of you? Would you help us to realize that we can't do it on our own? And instead, God, I pray for myself and everyone in this room, would you help us to entrust ourselves to you? would you help us to entrust ourselves to Jesus, whether it's for the first time or or whether we would just continue to do that each day. God, would you help us to entrust ourselves to you, unable unable to save ourselves. Help us to give our lives to Jesus, the only mediator, the son of God, the word who was made flesh. God, rescue us through him. We thank you for his life and his death and his resurrection. May we find in Jesus life now and life eternal. And as the ushers come this morning now to receive our offering, we pray that you would use it as you see fit, that our our financial offerings would, would be used for your glory, that the Ministry of Faith Church would continue to proclaim the good news of Jesus and God, would you not only help us to give offering, financial offerings cheerfully and generously, but would you help us to offer our prayers and our hearts and our minds and our voices in song? God, we offer our very lives to you. Would you use us as you see fit? We thank you for making us your kids. Those of us that were, that apart from you, we are deserving of wrath, and yet in Jesus, you have made us children of God. May our lives proclaim that best news ever in all that we do and say. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.